everyone. This is the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Boston, and joining us this week, Bradley Ellis. Hi. Michael Damiani. Let's time travel. Daniel Bloodworth. Uh, I'm Brandon Jones. Who is sitting in the Brandon Jones? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to make the, the technicalities of that clear, um, I might have to clear up what your, your, your sign-off or whatever is when we do points. But I, I'm going to be Jones in, like, all respects, and to, except for, like, podcast halftime. Oh, you're saying you want in on this team that's winning? Oh. I'm going to be giving points for Jones if I give points. Yes. I won't have it. No, well, of course you're winning. It's like playing at your home stadium every That's, single game. Yeah, I like blood. This we're, is some dirty Right tricks. now we're four up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if we lose all four weeks that Jones is gone, or maybe more. You know what I mean? We should see how you do on the road. I feel okay. Yeah, I feel okay, blood. I think you should go gorgeous gorilla. No. Ant, making this all happen. <laughs> Ian Hink. I'm on Brandon's team, too. Okay. What? Okay. Are you? You know what? We don't need any. Uh, we don't need super. We don't need like <laughs> mega star teams. It's funny because I, I talked about this weeks ago, but then I realized as soon as we started, I'm like, oh, we haven't actually talked about this today. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll feel how we're vibing at the end of the podcast. Uh, before then, we need to do the desire index. Uh, Everyone's favorite segment. Yeah. Uh, this is submitted from Taubel. Mm. Luigi's Mansion 3. Ooh, Ooh, that's gone up to number one. Because it's difficult to take the index seriously as an easy A list okay. when there are so few Nintendo exclusives. <laughs> Is that it? Where yeah. are we at? I don't so, like the I don't like the tone. Oh, I love the tone. I love when people are sassy about the index. It's good. You gotta have a better shot. I gotta be honest. Um, this is not serious. Luigi's Mansion's going to last. Okay, so here's the top five right now. Okay. Cyberpunk 2077 is number one still. Okay. Final Fantasy VII Remake slotted in at number two. <laughs> what? I tried. Last of Us what Part Two, number three. It's Jones. Doom Eternal, number four. And Marvel's Avengers, number five. How high can we get Luigi's Mansion 3? Dude, at least above Madden. Well, it's a, yeah, yeah, Madden's not even listed Madden. at this point. We're talking top I, five. I did top five, and we have six. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, I'd say uh, yeah, kick Marvel down, put it at five. Ooh. Kicking that well, Marvel, kicking Marvel down. down. Okay, 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 okay. We're, we're, we have a start here. Yeah. Now, Blood, I want you to think about Doom Eternal and how much fun you're going to have playing that game. Yeah. And now think about Luigi's Mansion 3. Think about Gooigi. Think about solving puzzles. Think mm-hmm. about the joy I that mean, you have I, when Luigi is frightened. I've played this game. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sold on Gooigi, dude. <laughs> I'm not buying it Tell yet. Tell me why you're not sold on Gooigi. I mean, he's just like a, he's like a dumb slime Luigi. It's like, is that enough of a gimmick oh. for, to make this a big deal? Oh. I haven't played it. It's not. Oh. It's I'm not, just saying. They put him on the box, you, man. You know Gooigi's going to evolve. They're that's, going hard. No, no they're going to be the Gooigi thing, too, right? Yeah. No. Co-op thing is just all the different colored Luigi. Oh, you can't co-op in with the Gooigi? that mode. It's not yeah. even in the single player. It's in right. that multiplayer mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. A whole mode. If Gooigi tower, heel remember? turns is just some Koopa kid in disguise, I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> I think you control Gooigi. So I know. I you think totally it's do. almost like your essence is s- inside yeah, of Luigi. Like, yeah, Luigi kind of drifts off to sleep. You're like yeah. sleeping, and I'm just Luigi saying, comes to life. anything is possible. Sure. Gooigi's gonna get cool abilities. As you like progress. What? Like walking so right on now, spikes? Just, yeah, all he can do is walk through spikes right now, but imagine he'd like it's gonna be able to like shoot itself up <laughs> and like hit the ceiling and then walk on the ceiling now. So he gets you, flubber power. I was yes. thinking more of like get sucked through like a vacuum tube or something like that or we have a vacuum that, tube. That, that, I think you can already no, do that. No, but I mean like... Gooigi can already like, do well, that. you get at the bank. You know, like that kind of too. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Gooigi gets like T-1000 type properties or can start forming like shapes with itself. So all well, I'm hearing are more reasons why this game is better. Listen, than, well, all I'm thinking of is Resident Evil Zero in my brain about controlling Luigi and Gooigi. And that's not a good thing. 
Inventory management, Kyle. Uh-huh. I'm not into it. Okay. Well, I don't think it's like inventory I'm, management. Enough blood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> enough. Um, enough. I love Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. But I don't think Luigi is a big enough sell to put him on the box. Okay. Well, how about the hotel environment? The hotel is really cool. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. How about the music? It's going to be great. Probably greater than anything. I'm more excited Eternal, to right? see Luigi Scared because mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah. Mario. Like, that's yeah. the mm-hmm. best part of the game. Mm-hmm. But I think Doom Eternal has an undeniable quality. It's Correct. Just, it's just, I mean, I'm playing Devil's Advocate. It's really hard for it to surpass that, right? Shotgun with a grappling hook. Yeah. yeah. What else do you need? Yeah. It's tough. So I'm afraid we're slotting in Luigi's Mansion. Hey, it got in top five. Yes. Hell and yeah. Marvel's Avengers with something to improve is down to number six. For now. Uh, we'll see a trailer at Comic-Con probably, right? Yep. Oh, for Avengers, well, yeah. They said it's going to be the public reveal of gameplay, so it might just be what was shown behind closed doors oh, at E3. That sounds like that. That <laughs> sounds like it'll be. That's so foolish. Oh no, it will not. You, we will not see it. Right. We will not see it. There's, it's only people no for Hall H. Leak, so we're going to see a bad version of that instead yeah. of them just streaming it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think there's no way, like, a, a, a Comic-Con hall doesn't leak it. You know, they're just too huge. But it's a perfect place for them to show it because there's going to be all the super fans are going to mm-hmm. be plotting and cheering for it. Yeah, you're right. Tony! And it, that's the reaction they want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it's time for corrections. Begin corrections music, please. Zenimax, Zenimax Online Studios, they make Elder Scrolls Online. So Bethesda Game Studios has even less to brag about. Uh, <laughs> uh, Trails of Cold Steel's 3 script is apparently 2.4 times larger than The Witcher 3. What? And larger than all the Harry Potter books combined. And is that's that, why it takes so long to translate. Uh, holy crap. Is that yeah. necessary? That's Brad, that's my question. I don't think so, dude. There's, there's such a thing as like too much writing. Man, that's a lot of writing. Yeah, I'd like to know how much of that someone would say you could cut. It would still be an amazing story. I could lop off 90% of that dialogue. <laughs> that feels like a lot of, that feels like a lot of filler. Yes. A lot of exposition. Witcher 3 too, dude. Witcher 3 is longer than Harry Potter? I don't know. Well, Wait, did they say that? No. There's some sort of trails. math there, right? So Witcher 3, it, it's 2.4 times larger than Witcher 3, but it's also larger than all the Harry Potter books combined. Yo, when I'm stacking those Harry Potter books up, yep. make a visual of that. Put all mm-hmm. those seven books on top of each other and then be, that's not even Apparently as much. Apparently they tweeted out the script and it's just ridiculous. No, that's yeah. just, no. Yeah. Hmm. We gotta, you crazy. Uh, can you imagine translating all the Harry Potter books? No. Someone has to do it because yeah. they come out in multiple languages. Oh. Uh, <sighs> you know what? Very Well, you do it one at a time, right? You don't have to do it over the span of two years to oh, release yeah, the, a game where people are like, what's taking so long with your RPG? You know? The obvious answer is to break up these games into like six different parts now. Yes, I yeah. agree with that. I mean, yeah, it's already four parts. So no, you gotta make it more parts. More parts. <laughs> more parts. Six parts. Yeah, just yeah. because it has a number at the end does not mean that it can't be parts. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's what we've learned. We obviously could have Legends of Cold Steel or Trails of Cold Steel three part one, mm-hmm. and then part two, yeah. part three, part four. Yes. So yeah, like. Easy numbering because so you make sure the first part's Roman numeral, mm-hmm. then you use like alphanumeric for the second number. Mm-hmm. There you go. All the successful RPGs are doing this. Uh, of course. Yes. Uh, <laughs> teppin is not just a made up word, it means top in Japanese. Top? Wait, what did you say? Teppin. Like T E P P E N? Yeah. Hmm. Teppin. Yeah. What? What do you mean? It's, name yeah. of, it's part of the name of the anime, uh, Gurren Lagan. What? Tengen Teppin Gurren Lagan. Oh. And so top is part of that? Top. Pierce the heavens. Wait, so the spinning top, like the ones that they have around their necks? Yeah. 
So when I said when I saw top, I thought that means like, hey man, that's tops, baby. Like oh, you're on top. Oh, maybe. But no, I bet. I thought I always thought the other. I might be actually wrong. They have the drills. They have the drills on. Yeah, the I might be wrong. Whatever. Unless it's a play on words or something. Tepin, I have no idea. It? This person who made the correction did not make it clear what kind of top we're talking about. Mm. Interesting. I yeah. Give me a lot of corrections next week. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Ian's got some data for it. Ian. Well, actually, you, you did the research. I feel like you should get credit for this. Oh one. wow. Okay. Uh, so The Witcher Three is four four hundred and fifty thousand words long, apparently, mm-hmm. and all of the Harry Potter books combined are one million eighty four thousand words. So now uh, multiply four hundred fifty thousand by two point four. And then we will have how many words there are like in Trails of Cold just Steel under 1200? 3. That's crazy. That's pretty crazy. Like uh, just around 1,200. 1.2 million. It's 1 million 80. So they lie. Oh. They, they oh. were, they're oh. 4,000 words so shorter than uh, Harry uh. Potter. No, you were going to need those 4,000 words unless you don't get to say you're larger than all the Harry Potter books. Not on my watch. They probably round it down. It's probably they like probably, 2.4. Yeah, they probably four round it. Yeah, keep You said it's 2.4. Um, yep, 2.4 tanks. Uh, so this is our most popular correction of all time. We get this one pretty frequently, but this is a new twist. So Private Division is a subsidiary of Take-Two, not 2K Games. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, Take-Two is the parent company of 2K Games and is also the parent company of Private Division, which is not yeah. a subsidiary of 2K. Subsidiary. Subsidiary. Yeah. Subsidiary. Substance. There's another I in there, yep. Subsidiary loans. Sub- subsidiary of the business. Gotcha. Sure. Okay. And corrections music, please, Jones. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all that. Uh, before we get into today's podcast, in which we're going to stare into the future cool. with, with our fu- futuristic binoculars, um, we get to talk about the Nintendo Switch Lite. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I mean, so this well, is the everyone's thing. Everyone's been asking for this. Yeah. We haven't talked about oh, it yet. Guys, we haven't talked about it yet? Oh, we have shoot. not. No, I mean, and it's... I remember a, people talking like I was crazy when I first suggested it. What, what do you mean? When there were first rumors about... What are you talking about? about? We've been talking about this what? thing forever. That's what I mean. Like, w- way back forever. Yeah. Like, it'll pro- I was like, it would probably be, like, a smaller, trimmed-down version rather than uh, a pro, quote-unquote. Here's what I'm most surprised by. Wow. Uh, no dock, no HDMI out. This thing is a pure handheld. The Nintendo I'm not at all that surprised was one of the original rumors. No dock, yeah. but I'm a little surprised that there's no way to out. Oh. Yeah, there's yeah. no Joy Cons, right? No Joy Cons. Solve one form factor. So it's just like this the, is uh, 2DS. All the original rumor going on with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's yes. like it's a handheld. It's, it's a, a handheld. dedicated handheld. It's got a D-pad instead of four stupid buttons. That's an improvement. Um, yeah. It is 200 US dollars, whereas the Switch proper is 300. Oh. It's a price point. I was like, better be that much or less. 200. It feels good. It yeah, that's good. A, that's that's 199.99. Uh, as long as well as uh, no Joy Cons. With that, there is no HD rumble, rumble, nor SD rumble. What? Uh, no and rumble. no IR camera. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine playing any Switch games without the IR camera? <laughs> no, oh, I need man. that. They've implemented it so well. <laughs> It's totally a justified expense when we're making selling Joy Cons okay, for eighty dollars. What? It's okay. What? So it's gyro. So it's gyro. Yeah, it does still have gyro. We're okay, we're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You still got that, baby. Um, worried. What's real? I don't. Where do we, I guess we start with the colors. Uh, the colors are yellow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gray. Yep. And turquoise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, and one more. 
the Nintendo Switch Lite oh. Zacian and Zamazenta edition, yeah, which is actually the good one. The good one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're smart. Uh, because the analog stick and D-pad is blue on the left side and buttons and analog stick are red on the right side. It actually looks, looks really nice. good. Mm. Because when you think of the color yellow, it's probably pretty gross. It's not a nice color. Yeah, it's like cheese. Block yeah. of cheese. And then imagine that the analog sticks and buttons are white. This thing looks atrocious. <laughs> same with turquoise. Honestly, same with what, gray. What color are the buttons in turquoise? They're all white. Huh. Every single version. Yeah. I like the turquoise white one, buttons but and white analog I don't know about sticks. white buttons. Yeah, man. Yeah, white analog sticks is not a good. They're gonna get grubby. Nah. White yeah. Analog, yeah. Especially like if they're going for like kids with this dude, mm-hmm. it's gonna be like spaghetti sauce all over that. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't keep the chicken grease off my controllers, but at least they're hiding because my controllers are dark. I think it's. I think it's probably the most differentiated from the base switch unit. Oh, yeah. So true. It's like. Yep. I mean, you can get different colored Joy Cons, but. Just not black, which mm-hmm. is interesting. They can go with that, but yeah, they're not the most uh, appealing colors. That Pokemon one's like, oh, that would probably be the best one. Oh, it's a oh, okay, it's part of a a special thing. No, sure. it's two hundred, dude. No, you can get, Same but it's price. like it's, it's going to sell out. It'll oh, be the first one that sells out, and yes. it won't be reprinted. And obviously, they're going to keep printing yeah. the yellows. Yeah, then you're going to be like the only one you're going to be able to go in the store and yeah. buy uh, when it comes out. It's going to be, oh, do you got any more Pokemon? Uh, sorry, we sold out of those like three months ago. Yeah. Would you like a yellow banana yellow, whatever it is? They'll be like, oh, uh, no, thank you. It reminds me of like Game Boy Color, and they're like, your choices are purple and see through purple. Yeah. It's yeah, like why? That. Why? I remember that. <laughs> I had the purple. I one. was like, yeah. nope. Where's the uh, Where's the, where are the other colors? Oh, they're not out yet. Yeah. Okay. And Game they, they eventually they're super Yeah, cool Game Boy too. Advance had like white in it. it did. They, yeah, they had a white oh, and gray. Yeah. And I had the white which one. I had. And the purple. You and know the purple. they're going to roll out yeah. so many Mine's colors. GameCube, which yeah. is good vibes. You know so what? many colors over time. Uh, yeah, refresh that. Dude, just to me, like, so it just imagine it's smaller as well. If you haven't seen it, you know exactly, like, your imagination is accurate. Whatever, if you have not seen it yet, you're imagining yeah. the right Yeah, thing. you got it. Uh, it just does look unappealing in a, in a strange way. To me, it, it looks it looks worse than a PSP. It looks worse than a Vita. Really? Yeah, design-wise. I mean, besides the color, the like, everything else about it seemed good to me. It looks uh, worse th- than a Game Boy Advance. I don't think it, no, I don't, I think, don't think it did. So. I think it looked pretty good, especially, like, looking at the back where the, the two side handles are now, the, mm-hmm. like, groove for it. Yeah. Like, really, like, I was like, oh, that looks nice back, like, simple backside look. Front side looks just... Pretty much like the Switch. Nice D-pad and everything like that. My biggest problem with this stupid thing, uh, sorry, the stupid thing is Nintendo's system transfer crap. Uh, I can't, Tell me about this. Like, let's say I wanted to have a portable one. I already got the Switch. I can take it on the go, but it's yeah. just too big. I want the smaller one. Mm-hmm. Like, Let's say this is small enough to fit in your pocket or something. Like, oh, here we go. I have big this, is what, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. But wait. I want to play my downloaded games on both my OG Switch and this one. You can't do that. Yeah. You got to pick one or the other. And it's like, really, Wait, Nintendo? I saw, I saw a quote where they're talking like there's something Your that system they're, transfer. They're thinking about a solution. They're thinking yeah, about it. They haven't yeah. implemented it I yet. don't know. It, it didn't read to me like thinking about it. It's like we've got more to say, but we're not saying it right now. Yeah. One de- well, yeah this well, thing comes out September 20th. We're like, thinking about yeah, online services for Switch. Yeah. <laughs> more to talk about two we've years later. <laughs> we heard that one before. Sure. But I'll that kind of feature, I like, I'll they get it announced it. and it's available at, like, 
that time you know it's, yeah it's weird but like i, I don't give nintendo the benefit of the doubt i would have to do an online check or something I don't, I don't know how you can just play your entire well, like, library on two well, different like consoles. playstation handles it you can authorize multiple systems up to mm -hmm. four mm -hmm. like yeah. i was expecting i was like that better be the solution where you can authorize two devices like yeah. switch regular switch and your switch light and be and, so easy yeah because you yeah. select profiles and everything yeah that so, would be really simple. should really just do that and if they don't at least offer that if it's some weird convoluted system their solution i'm just gonna be like all right you know Mm -hmm. But in, because they won't outline that yet, I have no interest in that. I have no interest in that unless they have specifics, and those specifics don't seem convoluted. Yeah. Uh, do you do you foresee that many Switch owners buying the Switch Lite though? I do. I, I do. see a lot of people buying it for it's a, for secondary for like children. Hi, yeah. I have my uh, Switch now. I want my kids to have one. We don't have to yeah. share one. Mm -hmm. A cheaper model smaller looks it's one form factor so you're not gonna lose the joy cons anyway it like screams perfect for kids but i That's do see point. there might be some people like switch is a hybrid system but it is a little too big to take around or whatever reason a smaller one that would be more desirable for me but i still want to play on my tv so i'm gonna leave my switch og at home docked never taking it out again mm -hmm. and this is the other one i'm gonna bring on the go and if that solution is very simple i could see a, a decent amount of people saying yeah i'll do that you know also, I this think one on to me that just seems like a, like a tiny part of the market. Like I, I really do think it's it's more for getting more people in the house to have them rather the, than the same person the ecosystem because it's like it's barely smaller. It is. It is not much smaller. It's <laughs> kind of shocking. Yeah, that's the one surprising thing is it's not that drastically smaller. I yeah. thought it'd be even smaller than but that. But I, I think yeah. there's a level of with the way the games are designed and like the screen size can't get that much smaller without text becoming kind of unreadable. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. Some games have really small text on that. But no, Bloodworth, you are definitely right though. They explicitly Nintendo explicitly said at a past developer, uh, sorry, um, investor Q and A that phase the next phase of Switch sales would move to achieving more than one unit per household. We want to achieve multiple units per household, and we have a solution. We have solutions we're thinking about, and, and this, this is, obviously this is, is one solution. of those solutions for that. Yeah. Uh, another really funny thing is that compatibility works that uh, <laughs> some games oh, aren't, yeah. do not have a portable mode, and so the website recommends that you just check the back of the box, and you'll see a little icon that says port 8% of all Switch games have a portable mode. Mm -hmm. So now they have this dumb little thing that we're like concerned parents have to look for this icon in the back of the box just because like they can't play one two switch. You know, there's so few games that really can't be in portable mode. It just seems so unnecessary, but to me it also speaks to kind of like a abandoning your console's premise with so quickly within 2 years is a little strange to me. It's called the Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's about the clicking. It's about switching from handheld to console. I mean, uh, they ditched 3D. Yeah, it's Brad. I mean, either one of these things were, were ditched. They just have yeah. the option for people that want they something cheaper. It. They ditched it. Man. I don't see this as a ditch, like them ditching it, Kyle. Because as I, we both argue, Bill and I, that this is their next phase of getting people to buy more of these, and this is meant to appeal to a different demographic, whether it's kids. Who were just buying you a second model, so like they still have the option. Like you really want to play on the TV here, play with the parents one every now and then. But when we're playing, we, when the kids want to play here, take this and go play whatever. You know, you go do this. I also think you it's won't like, lose the Joy Cons. Yeah, I also <laughs> think it's very very targeted at uh, countries that favor more strictly mobile devices. Mm -hmm. Like, so I think Switch's size was maybe a little too big even for some of those markets. Like, 
I think it being portable was good, but it needed to be smaller. But going dedicated portable, like market like Japan, they love dedicated portable devices there. Switch doing very well because of that there because of that. But this I think will be even better there. I think you'll see yeah. this selling out there as well. But in terms of not abandoning the concept, wait till this so the rumored yet to be announced Switch Pro or whatever happens if they don't have that hybrid going for it again if that ditches it yeah. like if that goes console only like there is no handheld mode for that right, right. then that you can start points. freaking out but if think, it I don't think it'll happen yeah I don't think that they would go the other way at hard I, I don't think they'll do that with their like their flagship version yeah I I, I guess that's so the Switch is a massive success it's doing crazy well uh, outselling everything this year. Uh, I guess against PS5 and Xbox One X um, or One, uh, but it needs to sell the same as a console and handheld at the same time. Its software sales need to be the same as you know 3DS and Wii U at the same time. It needs to compensate for the fact that they went hard on one device, uh, you know. And and so far, I think they're meeting that actually. But yeah, I guess it's just a bummer to me to see, see like and actually we it's a handheld still. It seems like that is much more the focus of the Switch this entire time. You, mean like, like, you mean like Switch in general since it's launched? For them to say, like, hey, we're making a 3DS that doesn't have 3D anymore, it's like, okay, so the the handheld is the focus. The 3D was never really the focus of this device, and you're okay with that. I mean... But it, to, like, make the Switch without the... the just the wait, just wait, just wait, Kyle, till the Switch Pro comes out and it's literally covered with IR sensors. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. All right. Kyle, I have to I'd wonder wait. if... It would have been interesting if they... I don't doubt that this device could have had the capability to do video out in some capacity, mm-hmm. but they're making a conscious choice not to include that in the base package. Yes. I'm, I, I, well, the fact that they haven't talked about any kind of like add-on device that could att- potentially achieve this, like it's a, a, a do- like a dock, like yeah. a separate dock. It seems like no, that none of that's being ha- like. We're not going with that option this time. It, it yeah, I, I can see that. That like wow, why would they have like how hard would it have been like. Just say, hey, $199 for this nice handheld device. We want you to get in. It's lowering the barrier to getting involved with the Switch. Yeah. By the way, if you really like it and you really want to play it on your TV screen, here's like a $30, $40 dongle or whatever that lets you do HDMI out that attaches to the bottom or something. Like, don't – I think they want to get the price lower and maybe they could have introduced that. Like that would have maybe like said like hey we still care about both as well yeah but I'm worried that that would have scared off people they don't want to complicate they don't yes. want to complicate things yeah. I would say the dongle's I, an awful idea and right? I think because of that yeah so I think this strictly Kyle is what is which was going to sell the most like a, a a beefy console only version of Switch or a handheld only focused version of Switch one. the handheld yeah. Nintendo's handhelds historically have sold on average much better than their consoles so. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things Nintendo's known for. They never screw up a handheld. They like they're dominant in the handheld space. They're leaning on that again here. And I think you might actually see them maybe will they talk about it as the Switch family going forward or will they categorize here's Switch and then here's Switch light sales like will they actually separate them by any chance or will they bundle them? Typically they do, I think. I, think no, I don't think they will. But like 3DS, they even said 3DS. Yeah. They didn't say we're not killing the 3DS yet. By yeah. the way, we're just right. We're support still, still going to 3DS. Just yeah. no new games for it. It's like mm-hmm. uh, they're not giving up on 3DS just yet, even with this. So. Catching it, baby. You just said something. I hadn't considered that the the Pro would be 
docked only. Do you it, think? No. No, I don't okay, think okay, it is. Good. I was like, they would never do no, that. No, right? that would be that would support yeah, Kyle's I, I, concern. I think yeah, the pro yeah. would be, yeah, this does everything and then some. Yeah, for sure. I do have a crazy question though. Sure. This is a totally insane question. Um, let's say there was, uh, let's say there was a strictly a docked switch and a portable switch. Uh, we just had our best-selling Mario game of all time, our best-selling Zelda game of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which version would have sold better if there was only a docked Switch and there was only a portable which, Switch? Which version of what would have sold better? Those two games. Which version of Mario would have sold better? Which version of Zelda would have sold better? If Switch launched with two unique versions like that? Yeah. I don't think anything would have changed. No, right now, right now, yeah. If they're separately sold, like yes. handheld Zelda, console Zelda, same game. Though. Yes. Just oh, like a, which version of Zelda would have sold better? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I. Why would they make two different versions? He's just saying. Because I almost feel like for Zelda, there were more people playing it on their TVs than their handheld. That's my assumption. I think Zelda is a game where people are ready to play that wherever they are. That's why I. That's think why the, I want to ask. That's yeah. the thing. I think the, that's why the original concept of the Switch was really great because there are these games that ordinarily we wouldn't picture ourselves playing mobile and maybe we don't want to play them mobile all the time but in a game like Zelda like oh I'll do the the less important stuff while I'm on the go and then save the story sequences or or whatever for when I get home and I mean Nintendo's tracking it they know how long people are playing these games, yeah. so they have data that I do not yeah. see. And mm-hmm. so I, th- I think maybe it's an insane assumption to say people are playing it more on their TV than portables. But yeah, I just... I mean, I've, I've heard of people that, you know, on both sides of that, people that never dock and people that are always docked. Yeah. So. I have a friend who's never taken the dock out of the box. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Cool. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's time to tell me about the future panel. Mm-hmm. This was a segment we started last year where I ask you a bunch of questions about one year later. What will be happening in uh, June of, of 2020 is what we're going to be talking about today. It's an interesting time. E3 has ended. The fall is about to begin. And it's a nice little time capsule. It was actually really fun to listen to last year's episode. We're going to go through those things after these. Mm-hmm. I don't want to inhibit anybody because you sound really dumb a year from now. I wasn't on it. Yeah. But like you, Brad, you're gonna sound dumb. Nah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going through last year's now? No, no, no. We're going through last year's second, so oh, that okay, nobody okay. has to feel like, oh man, I was dumb. I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Um, first question for everybody is, of course, about uh, uh, our next gen anticipation, mm-hmm. where we're gonna be looking forward to the PlayStation Five to Xbox Scarlet, uh, June of 2020. Uh, how you can compare our hype levels there to the June before PS4, before Xbox One. Like, will we, are you asking if we'll be more excited than we were about yeah. PS4? Or what kind of excitement or how it's going to feel? I think, yeah. so for the case for PS5, I think they'll have a stronger launch title. Because mm-hmm. I, what I remember from PS4 was like Killzone was like one of their big first party ones. Yeah. yeah. And, and Drive second, Club was supposed to be. Yeah, Drive Club and Second Sun was like in the launch window. I think we could see Horizon 2 being a launch game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they've been working on that for a while. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some crossover, like Ghost of Tsushima being sure. on both, maybe. Yeah. I think, personally, I would be more excited than I was for PS4. Really? Yeah. Because here's what I think, Brad. I think that, <laughs> you know what debunks us entirely is The Last of Us. Uh, both consoles slowed down at the end. We were yeah. so ready for new consoles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that 
PS4 is about to have a fantastic year with Death Stranding, with Final Fantasy VII. And so it doesn't feel like, oh, man, this PS4 is really slowing down, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if it's going to be like, yeah, baby, bring on PS5, or it's just like, hey, we're pretty good right now. Here's what I've been. I love the games I've had on PS4. I've yeah. been ready for PS5 for like two or three years. Yeah, like, I'm about. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. I wonder if they're trying something different where they want to carry the momentum of everyone's like feeling good about PlayStation 4. We've had some pretty good games, and mm-hmm. hey, we're writing that right into PlayStation 5, treating it like this is the next step up. Yeah. You know, we don't want to leave you, oh, we've been in this lull period. Whoa, where's... Like, that, that has traditionally worked where it gets people more excited for it, but what if you did it that a different way where you have all this great software and you just be like, hey, it's also backwards compatible. So these games are like, you can buy this game right now and like in a month later, you can play it on your PS5. It's going to look even better. And yeah. like, I don't know. I think the existence of Halo Infinite already makes this launch more exciting than the last launch. Because here's oh, another yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For uh, Xbox. Oh, yeah. Last launch, I think even at this point, uh, before that generation, um, there was a good one and a bad one. The Xbox One was clearly a bad one. It was clearly taken heat. It was mm-hmm. clearly mocked openly. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if at this point next year there will be a good one and a bad one. I think there always will be a good one, bad one. I don't know if it'll be as bad as like mm. Xbox One was because like yeah. PS3 was bad when it got announced. True, there was a good one, bad one there too. But I think it won't be as drastic this time. Mm-hmm. I hope. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw. Us- I don't know who said it. There was some headline I saw recently that someone's already some out there trying to paint the uh, the the quote said it. Someone said a quote at PlayStation about like it's going to appeal to like hardcore gamers or something. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's an article that came that out that said a misattributed. Okay, yeah, thank you. And I saw some back, weird yeah. headline that said, "Oh, that strategy is going to be the death. Like PS5 will be dead on arrival." And I was like. Really? What? Are we, are we going to go with this angle now? Like, I wonder if, you know, something like a misstep will that will be capitalized on by people just want to see stuff fail and say, oh, the PlayStation 5, they're too arrogant. You know, they had all the success. Every time Sony gets successful, they come back and they're arrogant. Like what happened with PS3, mm-hmm. they're going to like misread it. I don't think I'm getting that vibe. I feel like the concern might actually be that the systems are too close to parity. Yeah. That they're, right. they're, they're playing it safe. In terms of like the the they want all they want backwards compatibility. They want it to be easier for developers to get their games running on. They want them to all look good. They're not going with very unique you know architectures. Like they're both you know very widely used architectures. They're both saying like a lot of the same buzzwords like faster loading times, solid state drives, like all the all that stuff. And I I, I think it's gonna be the software lineup. And as you said, right now we definitely know Halo Infinite launch title, yeah. Xbox Scarlet. It's like, oh, okay, that that gets people to get excited. Mm-hmm. I think Sony needs to answer, what's your launch title you're gonna have with that? Is it like you said, Horizon or Horizon Two? People are like, oh, okay, here Is we Horizon go. Horizon Two next gen only. Yeah, you think yeah. so? Yeah, I think it'd be that's a smart. A, that's an interesting. Yeah, that question. Yeah. I what, yeah. I do wonder how many of these games. Um, will continue supporting PlayStation 4. They need a reason for you to buy their system. Yeah. And if it's just like, hey, you could play this game also on your other system, I think that would be a mistake from a first-party game. Yeah, I think Halo Infinite is a little less exciting because I can play it on an Xbox One, a Mm -hmm. chunky old one from five years ago. Mm. You know? I think so, too. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they'd ever... I don't think they would do this. Sorry, I was thinking random thoughts about if they ever would make a a PS5-era game, window game, 
be only playable on PS4 Pro, but not base PS4. I think never. I, I think, think that would be a no question. I think they yeah, promised I but I'm also like thinking like both. I do think there will be games I released post PS5 that are for all for PS4 Pro and PS5. Mm-hmm. They'll just have yeah. like scaling. Like this one will run at like 1080, 60 maybe like mm-hmm. at points on PS4, whereas you know on 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 uh, PS5 it can run up to like. 4K, 4K 60 or yeah. or 1440p 60 frames at the very minimum. It's like okay, that's a decent, you know, and maybe it has like ray tracing or H, you know, better HDR or something like that. It's interesting. I mean, so with PS3 to PS4, that conversion, it didn't happen a lot. Maybe because PS3 was hard to develop for. Oh yeah, that was my yeah. Look, reason. man, I can't make these two games at the same time. But also, but Xbox. Xbox One had a lot of exclusives. Mm-hmm. It had a ton, and they all just kind of rise. Yeah, oh, just kind of flooped Sunset, out. Sunset Overdrive was sick, though. Yep. Um, right, also not on 360. And yeah. so while like we had like a lot of like, Call of Duties and Battlefields doing cross-gen, Destiny was doing cross-gen, uh, both console manufacturers like hit hard on first party with yep. exclusives. And I, I think don't think Xbox is going to this time. So, yeah, it's a little interesting when you say, like when we point out that Halo is one of the ones that's doing the cross-platform yeah. release because... When you brought up this point, Brad, I, was, I felt like obviously the big third-party releases, like your Call of Duty, is like Battlefields, whatever is coming out mm-hmm. that holiday, will yeah. probably be cl- cross-platform, so they can get as many sales as possible. But you would think the first-party games would be exclusive to yes. the newest platform. So Halo Infinite, I think maybe it's been in development for so long, and it's already been talked about that maybe for some reason they decide it will do the best if we leave it on like both mm-hmm. platforms. Mm-hmm. But I would expect going forward any new big announcements should yeah. it would be in their best interest to make them Xbox Scarlet exclusives to yeah. get people excited for all the stuff those studios they bought are working on it's like those should probably be Xbox Scarlet exclusives what sucks though is that is against their messaging yeah their which messaging is, is like hey we we want everything play everything. anywhere yeah. they're treating yeah that's their message and they're treating it almost like you know PC gaming as long as the device meets the specs which the Xbox one does for a lot of the stuff yeah. you can still run it yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I think that's a better to me. I, uh, from as a consumer, I like that practice more. Sure, that, that's yeah. a fairer practice for consumers because it allows you to play it on. You don't have to spend a lot of money to do that huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. I already have this thing that I'm invested in yeah. the system for several years, and I can still play games on it for a few more years. You're treating me well. I like you're treating me like a loyal consumer. You're not pushing me that hard, mm. and I wonder if that will pay off. Like a long, like, like that's a long game, I guess. Like is, they're, yeah. they're playing that versus, let's say, Sony's approach is uh uh-uh. uh, all these new games, PS5 only, baby. Yeah. And they might have that big explosion at the beginning, but you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see, like, you know, why they're doubling, like, why Microsoft's doubling down on this because it's great consumer friendly practice, but it doesn't make the most business sense for them. And they're the, of the, between the two, they're the one who need to kind of like step it up in terms of like, attracting consumers and like if they, if they want to like surpass playstation you know and being like the better selling of the two systems month to month like i'm gonna say they need to give you a reason to buy their new console mm-hmm. if microsoft is like hey we got this new xbox coming out but it doesn't matter you can play everything on pc i don't need to buy one yeah at least not for a long time i don't feel the need to buy one mm-hmm. but if they're like hey horizon 2 is only on ps5 it's the only way to play it. like okay well i have to get a ps5 to play this I think if they want, they need that huge lead at the beginning too. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like that's like when people- they're playing nice right now, but like when we get closer to the consoles actually coming out, I yeah. think you're going to see a lot more right. boasting from each company. June 2020, we'll have some boasting yeah. going on. The one thing I'm actually curious about is July. what the 
the shelf life on the Pro and the XR? Because I actually think we might see those discontinued before we see the S and the current PlayStation 4. That's an interesting idea, Blood, mm -hmm. right? Because you can sell an S for 150 right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder the same. Um, and you like if you look now, like with all of the Xbox Insider, like whenever they announce a special edition Xbox, it's always an S. They're yeah. always going for the lower end consumer on those. True. Weird. Uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just think like the the Pro and the X to them are premium products, and yeah. that's for the hardcore fan base. And then we'll be buying the new, ju Correct. new generation. Correct. Yeah. They're yeah. counting on those same people to buy the new one because they most likely probably will. I think yeah. That's, fair. Yep. that's like very fair point. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of other things that, like, say, like Microsoft. Your point, Brad, about hey, I can play this on my PC. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when they expand their service, now you can play a bunch of their games eventually on PC as well. As long as you have an Xbox Live, or what's it called now? Uh, sorry, what they're changing yes. game. Yeah, um, wonder if they could push the angle about the the difference between. Uh, the PC at similar specs to what Xbox Scarlet will ultimately be mm -hmm. and be like, for what you're getting at this price, it's right. cheaper than... Which will they, be true. If they mm -hmm. can beat a pre-built, mm -hmm. a pre-built price, which is like most casual consumers will buy for a PC mm -hmm. and say, you can spend whatever, let's say $500 for an Xbox Scarlet and you'll get games running at this, which these similar parts, if you built your own or pre-built PC, will cost this much, like minimum seven dollars $800. Like, you are saving this money. And you don't have to worry about all the issues with the PCs. Mm -hmm. If they can push that line uh, and that messaging and nail it, I mm -hmm. think... They can like that's that's their that's their sell. It's like I don't know, but I, that's I a hard that's a hard sell. <laughs> well, it's not PC gamers. It's I don't think they're going to try to get the PC it's gamers. It's preventing anyone anyone from doing what Brad said. Like, oh, I just need a PC to play Xbox games. I'm going to go buy a PC now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because I need a PC. You're looking at a new PC, but then you're like, wait, oh, Xbox Scarlet's only this much, and like everyone's saying it's like better than a PC. It's like if they can get that messaging out there and convince like the average consumer that that I assume they're going to attack. The PlayStation more than they're going to attack PCs. Yes, yeah. I think oh, they know that's yeah. They don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. They're, they're not going to say this is better because they want their PC stuff to do well too. Yeah. So it's a little weird. Um, I want to. I want to. Huh. Yeah. So, July next year, mm -hmm. will we be only talking about specs of the consoles? Well, actually, they. Oh. We're talking about marketing. We're talking about mm. like, uh, I think an actual nice forward-thinking feature of both consoles is shareability of yeah. social media. The idea of a share button turned out to work out wonderfully you know uh integrating streaming capabilities yeah. uh i think less so wonderful but still like i wonder if at this point we're going to be talking about extra stuff like Ooh. oh it's cool they're integrating this community aspect it's cool they're integrating this or if it's really just going to be as damiani said like these are just hard to, two hardcore consoles just knocking each other out yeah i mean it, the the thing is is it has to be something like the the video capture basically that you know the PlayStation 4 came out there with the, the share button like this is a separate process running this so that you know it doesn't impact anything else because um, so many of these other things you know like clubs and all that that have come up like you can just do that by upgrading the, the operating system so it's going to be interesting to see like yeah what kind of hardware level things are going to be there and obviously they're talking about the load times but neither one of them has that as an advantage um so yeah i don't know other than other than the the hard drive thing i don't know what the exact the sell point yeah yeah what, what the buzzword other other than you know this is just going to be the next best 
version of what you mm-hmm. have now. So while I think uh, the actual like software launches will be way more exciting, I think both consoles are just going to have really great games right at mm-hmm. first day one, um, I kind of feel like there will be less drama at this point hmm. next year. Yeah. I think it's going to be like a more drama-free console launch, which is maybe too crazy to say because console launches are always very, very dramatic. <laughs> True. Uh, but I think it'll be less so than the last one. I think that both people more high teams road. will have their stuff figured out. Oh, yeah. yeah, Maybe more high road. Our friends at PlayStation. Will there be a new Switch there. model at this point next year? At this point in June, by June, like out? Yeah. no. Out? No. But Besides I think, the light? No. I That's think too soon. whenever Breath of the Wild sequel comes out, there'll be the new Switch. So we're thinking holiday season 2020. If they That's do. The yeah, I'm, I'm thinking between that and sometime early 2021. Yeah, the sure. earliest would be the end of next year. Yeah, one thing we didn't cover. That's way uh, too soon, yeah. Verge reported that uh, Nintendo f- did an FCC filing for swapping some parts in the sure. standard Switch, which will have like slight improvements. It's not a Switch Pro, but there is going to be a new Switch this year. Mm-hmm. As, as well as the Switch Lite. Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah, don't know if I would count that as like right. anything significant. Right. Though. Yeah. And so if they, if they don't change the name, yeah. Like yeah. if it's not called the Switch XL, it doesn't count. No. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just a standard kind of. It's at this point every machine has done it, and it's also partly a security overhaul to make it harder to hack the Switch, which is apparently very easy right now. Um, yeah. So. We have the Switch right now in in July of 2020, and we are so excited about the new Xbox, the new PlayStation. How do we feel about the Switch and its momentum? How do we, how good do we feel that it's going to compete? Probably going to feel pretty good for next year, for 2020. That's what I'm yeah, just a year from now. Yeah, because by that point, you'll have a release date. I'm you by E3 of next year, they'll give you the release date for Breath of the Wild sequel yeah, and a name, and we'll dude, get a name. We'll I've seen Horizon Two though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but you get Breath of the Wild Two, and you get all that like stuff that everyone nuts over. You get even more details. Probably we'll like know so much about it by then. Mm-hmm. We're probably gonna get Galaxy Two or not Galaxy yeah, Two, Odyssey Two game. by that tomorrow. Or so, the next 3D Mario game will totally be there. Might and see we're gonna Metroid be like, yeah. More. I don't know if it'll come out, but you might. Yeah, see you it might actually get your it? first glimpse yeah. at what Metroid Prime Retro's Metroid okay. Prime Four is gonna look like. It's like they need to do a screenshot just to survive. Almost. We'll pro- yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll have like hopefully by then Bayonetta Three. Like let's yeah. see, but like in action, like playable. We just played it at E3. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I expect like in terms of software, Nintendo's gonna have like a killer lineup for next year. Yeah. For like like the next twelve to eighteen months, that will buy them a good amount of like goodwill through the launch of those next gen systems. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it was funny because I was thinking about a lot about the launch of this current generation. And what the Wii U had when the PS4 and Xbox One were launching. Mm-hmm. Do you remember their big game of that holiday season? Oh, was it 20, Super Mario Brothers? You were Nintendo Land. 3D World. 3D World. Oh, was yeah, that it? Super Mario 3D World, 3D World was yeah, 2013. They, they were launching 3D World against the PS4 and the Xbox One. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but on 3DS, they also had Link Between, Link Between Worlds. Worlds. Ooh, baby. So it's funny. It was like a kind of good season but it was still just like a you could see how they got stomped yeah you could just yeah, see yeah. it happening you know you, you you just saw it happen um yeah 3d world wasn't a big enough yeah a big enough hit to like impact that so uh next year we're looking at this new zelda game we're looking at the fall maybe mm-hmm. zelda won't make fall but some big nintendo game will uh will the new consoles affect it are these really two completely different circles the Switch audience and the, and the uh, next generation. I think they l- largely will be still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some effect, maybe some slowing, but I mean, we're going to have, you know, Pokemon third version <laughs> coming around. Yeah. Um, Staff. 
Staff. That's nice. Sword, shield, and staff. <laughs> Maybe helmet. 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 There you Spear. go. Spear. Yeah. <laughs> Bow and arrow. But yeah, I think Nintendo's still, like, even out of just things that haven't gotten sequels yet. You know, people have been talking about Pikmin forever. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot. Paper Mario. Uh, so yeah, the, in terms of software and, and, and overall momentum, it might slow down a little bit, but it's going to still be pretty strong next year. It's going to be 2021 where they're really going to have to mm-hmm. start. Switch 2. Yeah. Yeah. St- or, you know. The, the DX or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I, I almost think it's like a, a new console time because I think the divide, it's here now, right? You're going to be able to play Doom Eternal on both uh, Switch and your PS4 right. Xbox One. The divide's here now. It's pretty ugly. I think it's just going to get... Oh, it's going to get real ugly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I just don't think you're going to see Switch 2 or whatever Pro... It's Switch 2? You mm-hmm. mean like a whole new system? Yeah. That's not happening next year. I would. I'd oh, really, definitely not next really year. We're, we're talking me. like twenty twenty. Yeah, like that's yeah. something that they follow up with. Like, hey, we understand that. Like, as much as third parties want to make this work, it's not going to work anymore once we hit that next generation, and then it's time to introduce mm-hmm. that. But I mean, yeah, it depends on what games they have for next fall about like slowing down momentum. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's the sequel to Breath of the Wild, there's no stopping that train. What's like, going to sell that? That game was such a runaway hit. Uh-huh. Beyond expectations, yeah. and like that's like the sequel thing is gonna be like one of the most anticipated things by like everyone. So you think the sequel will sell better than the original? Yeah, it will probably have better f- initial sales. Whether it's long, sure. like how long it sells well, I don't know. But that initial burst that month is gonna probably blow mm. away I can see that. the first month of Breath of the Wild. But it's like Majora's Mask did not sell, outsell Ocarina of Time. No, this no. is yeah. As long as you have Breath of the Wild, like. Conveyed like they can even call it Breath of the Wild. Don't even put Legend of Zelda title. It's called Breath of the Wild <laughs> subtitle something. Honestly, I think that that yes. that'd probably do be better off for them. It would be than anything or just Zelda Breath of the Wild colon something. And yeah, that thing is gonna ensure they have a huge holiday. That mm-hmm. plus you know another Pokemon game as usual. You know, but that 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 thing's gonna be like one of the most anticipated things. Sure, like, absolutely. That they need they, having that to go against those other systems. It's the best thing they could do. Wow. They okay. can just go crazy and do another Mario Kart. If they're real I mean, desperate. Yeah, they actually yeah. haven't done a Mario Kart yeah. sequel yet. Yeah, Mario Kart like, It's time. time. Everyone's Mario here. Mario Kart yeah. <laughs> You know what? Oh, you all hear that? Oh, it sounds like it's podcast halftime. The following are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of July. Hogue Law Business Law Firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Or at least, that good business lawyer's YouTube and podcast series, Virtual Legality. This week in Virtual Legality, Hogue discusses the implications of Facebook expressly allowing death threats in their terms and conditions, and just how that Section 230 liability protection works. Hint, it's not how you may have seen it described recently in the Washington Post. Check it all out at youtube.com slash H-O-E-G law or on your favorite podcast service. L. Thanis. Uniqlo, a Japanese fashion brand aiming to change the world through the power of clothing. With a focus on high quality and innovative textiles, Uniqlo is redefining everyday clothing by increasing the functionality of your wardrobe at an affordable price. They call it Lifewear Made for All. Visit uniqlo.com slash easy A to check out their collections, including new graphic t-shirt collaborations with Blizzard, Marvel, Street Fighter, Monster Hunter, and many more. That's uniqlo.com slash easy A. 
Our gifted sponsor is the Able Gamers Foundation, a nonprofit charity that aims to improve the overall quality of life for those with disabilities through the power of video games, creating opportunities that enable play in order to combat social isolation, foster inclusive communities, and improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. The link to donate is in the description. Car Keys Express. If you need a replacement car key or a remote, check out carkeysexpress.com slash store. Use the coupon code EZA at checkout for free shipping and 10% off of your order. They are proud sponsors of Easy Allies. And our mega sponsor, ViewSonic. You probably know ViewSonic as the California-based company that's been one of the world's leading monitor providers for the past 30 years. Now, with ViewSonic Elite, they're bringing gamers an expansive line of professional gaming monitors. Whether you want to play like the pros on the eSports stage or become immersed in the action set in front of you, ViewSonic Elite has you covered with a range of powerful specs and minimalist designs that are a tasteful addition to any modern PC setup. Learn more about ViewSonic Elite, new product releases, and upcoming giveaways on social media by following at ViewSonic Gaming or visiting ViewSonic.com Elite. All of these links are available in the description. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. I And have, oh, we've got uh, sponsor slots open. Oh. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah, come on in. Um, yeah, and I think one of the things too, like I want to, like a lot of people have been like really excited about having Uniqlo and ViewSonic in there. Uh, both of those happened because somebody that watches the podcast was in a position, you know, to where they could talk to marketing and like make that happen. So it's just like it's one of those things. Like if, if you're on good terms with people where you work, you you know might be able to get them to sponsor the podcast. Cool. But yeah, there's three slots open for the main podcast right now, and uh, two for Frame Trap. Nice. Mm. Get uh, Brandon Jones to read your copy. Uh, I got a few more questions about the future. Sure. These are a little more uh, quick. Um, man, this one's wild. Okay, so at this point next year, we will have played Death Stranding. We played it. Yeah. Maybe it's old news at this point. We've played The Last of Us Part Two. We've played P- Cyberpunk 2077. We've played Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm. We've played all those games. But will we have played Ghost of Tsushima? I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think by this time next year. Um, has a new bar been set? Like, legitimately, have video games changed at this point, or are we just like, oh, those are pretty cool. I'm ready for more games. Hmm. I have a hot take. Give me that hot take, Ian. Having seen Cyberpunk 2077 in real life, mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be very well made and very dense. But it, like, hit me back down to reality where I was like, oh, this is just a game. Like, I before that, I was, like, expecting it to be, like, literally anything your heart could imagine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's just a really big, good RPG. And, besi- like, the only thing that gave me future shock like that is, like, the animations in Last of Us 2 look really, really good. You know? Like, yeah. video games, we got to make some other leap. We're just iterating. I don't know. So you think at this point next year, we'll like, hey, those are pretty good, but I'm really excited for what next gen is going to bring. I think that I think that video gaming on the whole needs some kind of technological jump before any of us are like blown away. Like, like we need another HD. You remember like when HD happened, we were all like, oh, oh we won't have that again. It's not going to happen until it's like, <laughs> yeah. right, until it's like. 
ray tracing is so realistic that it looks like crazy better because the lighting is so good or like AI is so amazing that we can simulate like every animal and leaf on the tree and human being to such a degree that it just seems amazing. You know, like we need something because right now we're just kind of like things are just looking slightly better over time. Another funny thing when I was looking at 2013 uh, and the launch of the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, uh, the predominant goatee winners were The Last of Us and Grand Theft Auto V, games that had, no- at that point, nothing to do with next gen. Right. Uh, so we did have, I would say both of those games did raise a bar. I, you know what I mean? I did look at games differently after The Last of Us. You look at facial animations differently. You look at storytelling differently. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Grand Theft Auto V changed open world design and <laughs> online design. Nobody's really matched what they're doing. Uh, not even Red Dead. So uh, I would say that at the end of that generation, new bars were set. Um, I wonder if we realized it at the time. I wonder if June of that year, we would have been like, the bar is set. These next-gen consoles aren't going to be as good as those two games we just played. Um, and so I wonder. I wonder how we're going to feel about those games we had just played, those huge, huge games. I think we're going to feel real good about them. To you me, think so? I, the end of a console generation is always where like the companies are really confident in their hardware and you see some of the best games come out yeah like last of us was like the end of ps3 yeah the end mm-hmm. and i think all these games are gonna be great like doom's coming out it's gonna be awesome yeah final seven's gonna be rad cyberpunk's gonna be rad i think they're all gonna be really good they might not like blow you in a way of a new idea of something like you've never ever seen before but i think they'll be some of the top quality of what's around currently yeah i there was a weird point Maybe this is between, like, last gen and the gen before it, where it's just like, hey, you can't make cutscenes this bad anymore. Mm-hmm. You right. can't get away with yeah. this anymore. You know what I mean? If this is your budget, sure, if you're just, like, an indie game, go ahead, go nuts. If you are a big budget game, you can't be this bad. And I think, like, you know, the bar does get pushed up. There is an imaginary bar. And I honestly do think it will be higher mm-hmm. after we oh, played yeah. those four games. I think so. Three or four games. The thing to me, like, the thing that the bar that cyberpunk and these could set is if your decisions actually do have like significantly rippling effects. You know what I mean? Cause like all these other big RPGs, you know, there's still only three endings. Uh, I can almost guarantee the last of us part two will not give you multiple endings either. Well, I, I meant mostly like cyberpunk style of sure. games. Mm-hmm. Like I don't expect last of us to, I mean, if last of us had two endings, that would be pretty amazing. But like, yeah, if Cyberpunk, like, literally all the little tiny things you do changes stuff, that would be pretty impressive. How many things did Witcher 3 have? Um, I don't know how many. There were at least three different. I think choices mattered in that game They definitely, lot. They yeah. definitely did. And, and like, this is their next game. There are things that you don't see for, yeah. you know, 10 or 20 hours later what, what happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so in Outer Worlds, you know, when we saw D3, Seems to be very much in that same vein. Outer Worlds, I think, is really smart about it because they're compact, mm-hmm. and so I think they have they can go wild. Mm-hmm. They can go out there with their their choices and your choices because it is a smaller game. And I think that that design's genius. Um, I would love to see more games follow that that bar that they're setting up there. Um, yeah, uh, I'm another <laughs> question. We kind of touched on this. What's up? I googled how many endings does Witcher Three have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess. I said five. Okay. There's probably if somebody's just listing number of endings, they might be like multiplying all the extra little threads that get put into the 
final cutscene. Oh, like this happens, this happens, but she's wearing this instead. Right. Like right. It, it does not. I'll clarify that this thing says it does not mean there are forty different. Oh damn it! Cutscenes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah. instead it refers to number of variations. So yeah, there are thirty-six. Nice. <laughs> but like yeah, little baby differences. Uh, we kind of we tapped on this one, and I, this is a really serious question. Uh, is ray tracing still a thing, a phrase that we say all the time? At this point next year. Ray tracing. Oh, I mean, we're just going to be getting into a it. glimpse yeah. of it for console. So, it's yeah. It's not going away for like a few years. It's, HDR it's, went away. We don't even talk about HDR. Well, they still Huber do. Huber talks about it all the time. HDR, HDR well, takes the display to mm. be able to see it. Yeah. yeah. Ray tracing. The you don't problem need that. with HDR also has been like the, 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 no one has agreed upon like, Display methods like yeah. HDMI, like HDMI 2.1 getting ratified, like the conventions for that, and then like okay, we gotta wait for that to happen. Now we're already talking about new stuff. Whereas ray tracing is just you have the GPU that can do it, and the game enables it, you can play it because most ray tracing is done at a lower resolution. Like you're playing, you're probably playing the game at 1080 at that point, right? So like you, any monitor is gonna be able to like in, you can enjoy it on almost any monitor. So yeah, I think that is something that is more in control on like the the, the developers end. They have more control of it. as long as the system hardware can support it, you're good. Whereas That's a like, big if, man. whereas HDR, it's both. You need it so the device that can display it as well as the game and the hardware have to support it. Mm. So that's a way bigger thing. I think ray tracing is going to be something they're already pushing it. It's for the consoles as well. Yeah. PC had just arrived mm-hmm. and it's going to be apparently coming to consoles. So it's that's definitely going to be talked about 100 percent next year. If everyone says like, "Oh, ray tracing," that was a dumb thing. And sure, I think it's a year, about to happen. A year later, they'll yeah. move on, but like not by next year. Next year will be like in the thick of it. It'll I don't like, think ray tracing is going anywhere because I remember freaking oh, it's them essential. talking about ray tracing on Perfect Dark. I mean, <laughs> that's like, why it, it's, it's, it's always been around, but <laughs> like it being, I a, think, yeah. being a buzzword that like it's you're hearing in marketing. Word, yes. Yeah, it, 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 no, it exists in everything. Like all like rendered movies and stuff that you watch. Like yeah. ray tracing is involved with that. It's just the fact about having ray tracing in a game and real time it's like oh this is uh like this degree it's like oh this is interesting it'll definitely be a marketing buzz used in that fashion but when it gets tired will not be until later down the road potentially i wonder if we all start just calling it rtx sure mm, i know don't think so that's more well, of because NVIDIA. That, yeah it's nvidia's yeah. thing and all the consoles are not they're amd so all mostly amd oh okay um will we still be talking 4k all the time uh, things will still mention 4K, but it'll be so commonplace at mm-hmm. that point that it'll be something. I think it'll be more normalized. Yeah, sure. it'll be. And we're like already, appro- already approaching rates. that point where yeah. it's like, you know, not, not everything supports it. It's just yeah, 4K, big deal. At the end of this 8K, generation, baby. you had to say 1080p. There were some games that were lower than 1080p. You had to say well, yeah. it's 1080p, and they're like, oh, nice. Yeah. 4K you know? 60, like that phrase together will yeah. be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah. that will be a big thing. But I bet it will be. just 4K will be like, oh, it runs in a stable 4K. It's like in the frame rate. And yeah. 60 yeah. frame. Okay, yeah. there we go. Uh-huh. I can see that. The 1080 60 will still probably be around, too. Yeah. Are people sure. still mad about the Epic Game Store? By next year? <sighs> yeah. I think it'll die off. You think so? Hmm. I think it'll Wait, come to I think it'll come to store? a head one way or the other. Like the brunt of the anger will have yeah. like bubbled up and exploded, mm-hmm. and it's the aftermath. And it's like okay, and people aren't as angry anymore, but like we're dealing with the fallout from it, or things moved over. It's like okay, we're cool now. I gotta believe it's it's better feature wise at this point next year. The oh store itself, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like I, I, well, I also have to believe that that Epic is just gonna stop with the exclusive thing at some point. Oh. 
I don't think I don't so. There's what? such a backlash. I know, they, and they just keep pressing the gas harder. But dude. I, <laughs> I don't Nothing know how many of these the deals. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, there's probably some inside baseball that some other people know. But like, I just part of me was wonders if they just went on like a you know like a spree and like did a bunch of these deals at once, and then didn't really see the backlash until like. They were already set. Oh, so it'd be too late now to back off? Yeah. These are rolling deals. These are deals that are still rolling in. They're still making them week by week. But I also think it'll be, if they get the market share that they want or whatever, they'll be less necessary for right. them to put that kind of investment Because they're in. doing this now for market share. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then why, why dump that much money into it unless you're ready to sustain it? Um, we go should ahead. definitely capture, record what Epic Games Store looks like now. So when you do this next year, you could show side by side like how much it's evolved. <laughs> you really should do that. That's really good. I'm not going to, but that is a really God. funny idea. Because I bet Did, it looks so much better. It's pretty better. simple. I went to the Epic Game Store for the first time today. It is very simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like no reviews, which I actually appreciate. <laughs> Why bother? Um, but yeah, it's just like it's button-wise, UI-wise, it's just like very plain, very organized. It, it's It's funny. It obviously has a lot less to deal with in steam but like even like i don't know like any like if you go to toys r us.com it's a messier than epic game store toysrus.com look at this i don't know i know they're like looking at rebooting it but yeah i don't know about the website they're my probably word not. it's probably gone <laughs> no <laughs> which means maybe epic <laughs> no, yeah <laughs> epic bought it epic got that exclusivity <laughs> um guess guess uh oh what, that was really bizarre. What happened to you? Yeah. I typed ToysRUs.com and it redirected automatically to Amazon, but then I did it again and then it went to Toys R Us. I must have typed it wrong the first oh. time. Oh, so Sketch Bezos, dude. Bezos, Bezos. Will we be more excited for the new Assassin's Creed or the new Call of Duty at this point next year? For me, new Assassin's Creed, probably. Okay. Just that year break. Yeah. I've fallen off the Call of Duty train. Sure. Yeah. So it sounds like yeah, unanimously, unanimously people will be more excited for Assassin's Creed. Although I've kind of fallen off the Assassin's Creed train now that they're gigantic. Yeah. Blood. Ma- massive. Me too, dude. Like, I was so excited. I always wanted one that, like, takes place in Greece, ancient Greece. And then it's just like, cool, it's 80 hours. Like, no, man. <laughs> no, dude. You can play that new game from them, the the Breath of the Wild inspired oh. one. What was that called? Like, gods, <laughs> gods and Monsters? Gods and Monsters. You know I'm playing Gods and Monsters. Hell yeah, I know you're playing it. You know I'm it. playing that, yeah. Uh, it's cell shaded. Kyle's in. Yeah, blood. I hear you, dude. Like it is. It, we know that Assassin's Creed Ragnarok is just going to be enormous, and it's just going to be another open world. Yeah, massive. Gosh, I, massive wish, adventure. I wish these leaks didn't happen for Assassin's Creed all the time. They can't we, help themselves. I know. I just want one year to finally be the Assassin's Creed reveal. Is that? It's Were like, you surprised? It's one that you're surprised, and mm. it's like Assassin's Creed Prince of Persia. It's like. Wait, what? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're combining <laughs> both. And like I was like, yeah, here we go. That would get me really excited for it. Uh, I looked at the Ubisoft Plus lineup. That's the subscriber. Oh, yeah, Ubisoft. they just put that out today, mm-hmm. right? All the Prince of Persia games, dude. There oh, we go. sweet. They didn't forget about him. He's still around. Oh, four of them? Uh, or they have the really old they ones. They might have some of the old ones there, too, okay. but like the more modern ones were there. The funny there's thing the is that now. <laughs> there's five. I feel yeah. like Assassin's Creed has departed enough to where they probably could put a Prince of Persia game out there and it just feels like an entirely different game. Yeah. Because Assassin's Creed isn't oh. that much about platforming and parkour anymore. It is not, is it? Yeah. yeah. 
That's why I want to return back to that. Because we're talking about the original three, Prince of Persia, 3D The Sands of Time trilogy. Sands of Time trilogy. Okay. Then the reboot, whatever that was. And then the movie version of Sands of Time, the game. Where there's there's the Wii and Next Gen. There were. Actually, the Wii version and the Xbox 360 PS3 versions are actually different. They weren't the same. Yeah. So technically, we're six. What a strange era. So strange. Godsmack in your game, dude. Now, uh, <laughs> now Switch gets different versions. They're just worse. They're just bad. <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll put it on Switch. Yeah, where's that Prince of Persia oh. trilogy or whatever on Switch? Well, which one? Why not put Prince of Persia on Switch? Yeah, the trilogy. Hey man, Sands of Time. Yeah. Why not, dude? Do it. Is that a, is that a those three games? Does it just get worse and worse? Is the first one the best? No, it's the second one's the worst. Oh, okay. Warrior yeah. Within. Uh, yeah. Stay alone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a time. Yeah. Now that what is an a era. Time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final question: How's Google Stadia doing? Uh, just quietly chugging along. Not at a not, not at a quick pace, yeah. but it's still going. Yeah, I think I might be right. Yeah, I don't think there'll be anything happening. It's illegal. Uh, yeah. For some reason, it's been made illegal. <laughs> the the cable companies have made it illegal. Yeah, yeah. Like, AT&T no, 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 no. made it yeah. illegal. Yeah, I can see that happening. Do you think there will already be a price change there? Yes. At that, at that point. Yes, I do. I think they'll go. I think they'll go epic and 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 you know like take a hit to get people interested. We might know about whatever game they're actually making. Yeah. Oh yeah. Google Google Studios. Yeah. yeah first party game. Yes. Will we? Be able to play any Google Studio first-party game at this point next year. Damiani, for I don't, I don't shaking know. his head. I mean, maybe if they do something small and light, but I don't see any major title. Yeah, I hear you, man. What if they finally announce the Netflix of gaming, and you just subscribe and get whatever you want? That's that's Games Pass, that's right? Pass, yeah. <laughs> We're right. I mean, Google does that too. What if they start doing that too? Yeah, it's weird that they don't. So they, uh, I think they can't lock down the deals. Honestly, like Microsoft yeah, spends right. a lot of money on that, mm-hmm. and they get by with their first-party stuff, so they don't have to spend any money on that stuff. But yeah, I, I don't think Google could actually support it. I know they're a huge, multi-billion-dollar corporation. I forget what like, game was. Do you, do you remember? Because I posted about it uh, like a week or two ago. Like something actually came off of Game Pass, and they were like telling everyone, "Hey, play it, play it while you can." It's the first game that was being removed, right? I don't know if it was the first, but oh. it was the first time I noticed it. Can't remember what. I do remember you messaging yeah. us about that. And it was like the developer, like, hey, it's still on there right now. Check it out. Hmm. Um, yeah, bummer. I don't remember. Uh, I want to talk about what we guessed last year. Okay. Sure. So our panel was Brandon Jones, Michael Huber, and Michael Damiani. Damiani was the only one who was also here. Um, my first question was, will there be a new Nintendo Switch version? Everyone said no. Nah. <laughs> Nobody believed at that point that there would be a new Nintendo Switch version. Um and then uh, most of the games that we thought that would come out over the course of these 12 months did not come out. Oh. <laughs> We're like, oh, it's going to have Metroid Prime 4. It's got to have Bayonetta, obviously. Animal Crossing, yup. Star Fox Racing game, yup. And so like, we kept listing all these. <laughs> it's a really funny episode to listen to. <laughs> all these games that did not come out at all <laughs> that we're totally we, counting on. Like, oh, felt, Switch is going to be... We, do you have the date We on bought that, into those rumors, man. Uh, this time last year. So this week of last year. We it bought heavily a, into those rumors, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, I, I bought all in on that Star Fox rumor, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we were thinking that the Switch was going to be have great momentum right now, that they would not need any other version. Um, so it is interesting. I mean, like, this again, Switch sold crazy well, just not to Nintendo's expectations, and that's why they're mm-hmm. introducing this. It's funny, because I think, like, only a month or two after that. I don't even know about that, Kyle. Like, I think this thing would have been 
there regardless. You're right. They've been planning this for a while. Yeah. They've been planning this for more than two years, probably. Yeah. Maybe two years. Oh, it's a month or two after that recording, I think it was when the first outlet broke the rumor of like a switch, cheaper switch model coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, also, uh, it's like in <laughs> September of la- of last year, which is September of that year, twenty eighteen. Um, I yeah. asked the panel, "Will we be knee de- knee deep in next gen rumors at this point?" Everybody said yes. Hmm. Uh, Damiani, you said we'll have the code names. You're right. Like PS five, we don't have a code name. Yeah, PS five. Like, come on. Um, Damiani said that Halo Infinite would be a launch title and also still an Xbox One. Nice, Nailed Damiani. It. There we go. Uh, you well, said that we'd wrong, see uh, <laughs> Death Stranding and Last of Us Part Two for the PS5 launch. Um, mm-hmm. No, nah, dude, way sooner. Uh, Damiani, he, you, you, we I'm don't gonna, know though. I'm gonna need your help with this. Uh, Nvidia 1100 series will be beyond what we get in next gen. You said that we'd have the 1100 series. Oh yeah, because they don't, right don't, don't exist. So people were. Someone said there'd be because RTX was being announced. Uh huh. Oh wait, this was last year this though. This is this time last year. Okay, so if you said we have didn't, it, like we didn't know what the numbering was yet. If it's gonna yeah. be eleven hundred twenty-eight, so uh-huh. it became the RTX stuff. Yeah. The RTX the twenty eighty Ti is beyond what you're gonna get on the on next gen consoles. Oh, so you they were right not, about that. Oh yeah, they're okay. not gonna be, then they're not gonna have a twenty eighty. Comparable to an RTX 2080 Ti in there, you're gonna <laughs> you're, you're gonna get like a. I mean, but it's close. It's not that far off. Okay. I, right. I would say it's like not that big of a, a huge of a gap as we thought. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still don't know the definitive details. We know it's gonna be AMD based, so it's gonna be a gap. But I don't think it's gonna be. Bl- I mean, I don't know what we need to. I get. I better back up. Let's wait to see what it is confirmed. Yeah. But. Nothing you're getting in the next gen consoles is going to be able to do what the 2080 RTX 2080 Ti can do. Got you. Unfortunately, uh, that's this, a twelve hundred dollar yep. card. That's more yeah. than both systems combined, probably. Um, I was really proud of you guys here. Uh, Huber said there might be multiple Xboxes at launch, mm. and then Damiani didn't think that was practical and hard to market. <laughs> so like Huber was right. But, they were thinking about it, and but actually, they ultimately and, did not. Right. And so you were right, too. Uh, it was the next podcast right after that when the rumors about the two versions mm. uh, actually popped up. <laughs> That's so funny. That was funny. Um, uh, we had a long, very stupid conversation about next-gen being modular, where you can like buy components to slot oh, yeah, into your was, console. Uh, oh, Steambox style? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about that for way too long. Um, not happening. Uh, I asked which would sell better between Black Ops 4 and Red Dead Redemption 2. It was Black Ops, right? Did it sell more? It didn't. It Red didn't. Dead, Red Dead 2 ended up selling more in the end. Wow. wow. And then shocked. Huber was the only one who said Red Dead 2. Huber believed. The rest believed. of us all believed in Call of Duty. Um, but wow. his reasoning was because of Fortnite. He said, Red Dead 2 because of Fortnite. Wow. Um, so this was funny. Uh, Jones had a, a fear. He had just a little worry that Red Dead 2 would be a flash in the pan. And I think it totally is. Hmm. I mean, that game is... We're not seeing it on the sales anymore? Or? What's up? Are we not seeing it on sales reports? Or? No, I think it, I think it dropped off. It's not, it doesn't have those GTA legs. Right? No. And it definitely, we assumed at this point that online would be a bigger deal because for GTA Five it was. I think right. when it's on PC, it'll yeah. be a bigger deal. The online community is mostly on PC. You're right. And well, mm. I mean, like, while, like, NBD's, like, GTA Five still ranks and mm-hmm. we still see it, but, like, you're right, maybe the online community is pretty huge online for a PC. Um... But yeah, I, I kind of thought that was funny because yeah, he was just worried that we'd like play it and get over it, and I think predominantly that did happen. Sure. For Red I Dead mean, Redemption. I enjoyed it at the time. Yep. Uh, my last question was, who will have the best battle royale mode? 
and will we still care? Um, Huber said with great confidence, Red Dead Redemption 2. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have okay. the best Battle Royale mode. Um, Jones was pretty sure it'd have a map editor, but he wasn't sure if it'd have the best Battle Royale mode. Um, uh, they were unsure that Fortnite would be super popular still, but they were thinking it'd still be around. Um, uh, Damiani, you said that Battlefield 5's Battle Royale has a month of life. I think you're pretty on point for that. Um, and then nobody was too confident it would work out for Battlefield. Uh, but yeah, we kind of remained confident that, you know, Battle, Battle Royale would still be around. Mm-hmm. And it kind of mm-hmm. is. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Fortnite, I think, is more successful than I assumed it would be a year ago. I thought it would drop harder than it has. Right. Yep. And, uh, hey, it's still kicking. Yeah. I mean, PUBG's still doing really well. We just don't hear about it in our circles as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, like, I, I like so my window into a lot of world is Twitch. You know what I mean? And it just doesn't rank highly on Twitch. But you're right. I think that, like, if you look at online players, it still compares well. Yeah. Um, so, and then yeah. Apex, of course. And then Apex, we wouldn't course. have had any idea back then. Would not have assumed that Respawn Entertainment would be launching a free-to-play battle royale game that takes place in the Titanfall universe. Yeah. I didn't have we that thought prediction. they were they were doing a Star Wars game. So yeah. we're, like, we're like, oh, they're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, Just okay. kidding. Oh, we got it. We got, uh, we got this two. thing. Here it is. Bloop. Uh, that was fun. I look forward to hearing how we predicted uh, next year. It's gonna be flawless. Flawless. Brad will be flawless. We're gonna get them all. We're gonna get them all there. It is now time for love and respect. Love and respect. Damiani. We got to do this one, man. No. Oh. We got to do this one. Follow my question? Yeah. Yeah. Brad, you're playing too, right? Yeah. Okay. Hey, allies. As of this writing, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers has become the highest-rated game release of 2019 on Open Critic. Hmm. Bye-bye, Resident Evil 2. So long, Sekiro. Nice try, Mario Maker 2. The unquestionable, (laughs) de facto, game of the year so far is a really good expansion to an MMO that came out in 2010. All joking aside, this has made me wonder about game reviewing and the difficulties of trying to be objective about subjective content. It's unlikely that anyone who reviewed Shadowbringers was an impartial judge of Final Fantasy XIV. Mm. But then again, it probably wouldn't be fair to release if they were. When you review a game, do you or should you consider your score an object- on an objective level? Does saying Final Fantasy XIV uh, is 93 mean it is objectively better than Sekiro or Resident Evil 2? And if not... Is that conclusion unreasonable based on only the qualitative metric we can compare? I promise I'm not just salty <laughs> about not picking it as my in my fantasy. Uh, my fantasy <laughs> oh, Love and respect, there Dylan we go. G. Um, there we go. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say a quick thing on this. Please, yeah, is, I, love, I love your um, reviews perspectives. Because if you combine both metascores for Shadowbringers, there's still not as many reviews right as there are for those other games yeah because it's a harder game to review yeah yeah it is like you're you're just if you know if you're not a major outlet or somebody that's very into that genre Mm -hmm. you're not gonna bother yeah and i think that's really kind of what it comes down to it's just a smaller pool of critics so you don't get some guy that's gonna you know rush through a game and dunk on it over the weekend Mm mm-hmm uh, Damiani, 
is final is Shadowbringers better than Resident Evil 2? Yeah, I don't like the the objective line in there about asking if a game I don't like when people say subjectively ob- when, when no when people say can you objectively say a game is better than this because it got a higher score like I that's what we do the desire index for yeah I, yeah desire index is what you get from us about that <laughs> but I really hate when people try and use that like scores as an argument over which game is like better because that's impossible and, and throwing yes. a while the word objective behind that it's yeah. like no it's still subjective that never goes away like there is no objective <laughs> that's improper use of that word when it comes to like reviews and comparing reviews and, and stuff like that the only thing you can say is objectively that score is higher than that score doesn't mean that game is better than that game mm-hmm. like that's i think where the confusion comes in i will say this about in this context here with final fantasy 14 the the one thing you need to be aware of when you're looking at any of the expansion reviews for this game or any mmo um is those reviews are focused on the new content. Mm-hmm. It's not focusing on everything else you have to do to get to that content. Mm-hmm. And in, in particular, in Final Fantasy XIV's case, you'll see people, I've seen people come in, play uh, in the comments for the review, or just in general ask, this review doesn't matter, like, me- mention like leveling 1 to 50 and like A Realm of Born. Like, well, we already reviewed, uh, at one point we reviewed Realm of Born. Yeah, you I can go that. read reviews for those other, those other expansions. But those are relevant for the time when those came out. There's a game that's, MMOs and games of service are always evolving. Yeah. They're being changed. Playing Final Fantasy XIV today, even like starting from level 1, is not the same as it was. They said 2010, that's actually when 1.0 came out. But from A Realm of Born's launch in fall of 2013 to today, the game is very different. It's not the same. So those reviews don't mean anything anymore about if you play in 2019. Like that won't – maybe the story, like analysis is still relevant, but mm-hmm. a lot of the other stuff is a time capsule. So it's relevant you, to there. When you're reviewing an expansion, do you talk about the the gameplay? Yeah, I talk about like the current gameplay and how okay. it's been changed and sure. updated. But I don't give a judgment anymore on older content. Sure. I don't talk about what the experience is to get to the new content. I mean, I'll outline what you might need to do. I mean, it's a beat. It's basically it, it, it's a talking point that's been beaten to death at this yeah. point. That Final Fantasy XIV requires you to play through the old story content unless you pay a premium fee to skip over it. There's no two ways about that. You know, like that's a fact. It's out there. We don't have to keep mentioning it every time. It's like it, it is what it is. So be it. I'm just judging the new content and what that's, that's about. So, yeah, you'll see people who come in and be like, this review doesn't tell me anything about like a new player experience starting from level one. How is like, well, that's it. I, I've already, I don't play it from level one. I can't speak to that anymore. I'm not going to go start a new character and play from scratch to that every time an expansion comes out. Yeah. You're not getting that perspective. I mean, there might be a reviewer who does that. Um, that's not who I am. How can an MMO expansion possibly be better than Sekiro, though? Because with judging it within the category of, like, other MMOs, that score, I think you look at that and see, like, it's a good, it's a great game content. Yeah. And compared against other MMO expansions, this is a phenomenal one. Right. Otherwise, but I would not compare this to Sekiro. I don't yeah. think that's a, like that. Re- my review does not try and do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. I don't think anyone trying to d- make that comparison based on my review. I didn't review Sekiro, but they took Brad's review of Sekiro and my review of Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers and tried to use those as a comparison. Like, you, I think you're doing it wrong. You're, like, yeah. that's wrong. Otherwise, we- like all hockey games would have a three. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, if we're like, I don't know about that. If There's we're directly some comparing games, everything to RE2, you I know mean, what I mean? Some hunking, like, in the NBA games uh, get, like, really good scores as well from people who understand it. Like, exactly you need, you need that, someone yeah. who understands the game to review it, I think, fairly. Yeah. Uh, unless he fully just goes, hi, I'm someone who's never played sports games. I'm going to review the latest Madden. Yeah. Four. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, come on, man. If you're transparent yeah. about that up front, so be it. Sure. But, like, you're still going to get some flack of, like, if you give it a super low score, it's like, well, did you not know about this stuff? But that aside... If you want us to like try and compare games together or against each other, that's something different. We'd have to do like we'd have to sit down and do a discussion. It's kind of a, I don't want to be mean. It's not like I don't want to say it's a dumb discussion, but like it's kind of almost like a fruitless discussion because they're not really comparable. I mean, there might be some elements that are, but what Sekiro is trying to do as a game and what Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers is trying to do, they're very different games. Yeah, like I think it's more apt to talk about Sekiro within like. Soulsborne mm-hmm. games and how it's evolved from like how different it was from any of the previous ones. I think like, those that's, comparisons are that's almost a, mandatory. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. a like comparing within a genre or like an evolution. Like comparing, I compare this game to other expa- Final Fantasy fourteen expansions. Mm-hmm. That's valid because it shows the evolution of how this game has improved. Uh, in this case, it did improve. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you bring in outside games, you better be making a valid point like i'm gonna like x game does this gameplay element and it just is a gameplay element in this game it does it really well but in a previous game not in the series that did a similar mechanic i it did that much better like it was easier to do and stuff that i think that's valid to start bringing in other games but you shouldn't just be doing that haphazardly and you're i'm sorry Ian. well i was just gonna say uh you said it a couple of times that like you said what they're trying to do and like any discussion of trying to put every game on the planet on the same playing field has to boil down at some point to how successful was this game at what they were trying to do and like as reviewers that involves so many assumptions that like you said it's like pointless you know cuz you you don't know you'd have to interview everyone yeah i hate it in and panel when like we said th- this person pointed out that this game got a higher score than, or its Metacritic's higher than that, so it equates to, this is better. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I hate that when it happens. So, like, a review comment where it says, so you're saying it's better than this because of the score comparison. Like, those are, I, I hate those. If you're just trying to troll, so be it. Like, you're just, that, that's so your prerogative. Yeah. But if you're being serious about it, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I hope at some point you come to the realization that that's not a good perspective to have. Yeah. You really should rethink the way you compare things. But also, yeah, as Ian said, like, if what a game sounds to like, I love FTL. If I were to review that game, I'd probably give it, like, a 9.5. And people would look at that and be like, how does it get a 9.5 and, like, a masterpiece like this only gets a 9 or something? Like, what, like, or, and then there's no way FTL could be better than this game. Look how simple it is. It's like, well, for what it's doing, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, but, like, if you compare it to, like, a, oh, Grand Theft Auto Five, look at all the things it does and does well. I'm like, well, it wasn't trying to do that. You could say one game is more ambitious. You could say, I give Grand Theft Auto V more credit, uh, like for doing like so many different things so well and like on the scale it does. But like ultimately, trying to say like one's better than the other, like that is like the most is the most subjective thing you could do, and it's almost like the most pointless thing. It is literally done for the sake of argument's sake. Yeah. Well, uh, also like, sorry. I was just going to say, like, even within Easy Allies, there are nine of us. Six of us do reviews, I guess. And, like, uh, you know, even the variance between if if Huber reviewed something or Jones reviewed something, like, 
they would give the same game two different scores mm-hmm. a lot of the time because that's why we put bylines on things. Like, that's Michael Huber's review of this game, you know? Like, it's under the Easy Allies banner. But, like, the scores I would give some of these games that we've given nines, you know, would be way different, you know? It's just really interesting, even within our little microcosm, how variable that is. Brad, I yeah. got a question for you. Yeah. Is it still pretty cool to see a Final Fantasy XIV expansion on top of Metacritic, Open Critic? Do I think it's cool? Yeah. Hell yeah, I think it's cool. It's a good game, man. I like it, I, despite this entire conversation, and we like. Yeah. I think I it's mean, really cool to that me, it's just, so well, you know? Yeah, like a successful game. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna like beat Goaties, right? Because of what Damiano sure. just said. The the ambitious games are the ones that get Goaties. Uh, the GTAs get Goaties, right? And so like, I think that uh, uh, sure, it's really cool to see it up here. It's really cool to see it. Like to me, I'm so just well. excited to see a good game. Yeah. Yeah, that's very valid and stuff. Like I, I don't like I definitely agree with that. Uh, crap, there's there's something I was gonna say as well. And now I just like it slipped my mind. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to add. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, in your uh, Fantasy Critic League, you can uncheck expansions. We're going to be doing the same oh, thing right. on our own. Because <laughs> uh, Ian's got Iceborne coming up. It's not fair. It's like an easy 9.5. <laughs> well, and also someone someone was like, how come nobody uh, has Link's Awakening? Uh, and I realized that three different times I've tried, but it's not allowed in it's our It's a different kind of rules. remake. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're really strict about uh, all that. I don't know why we allowed expansions. It's, well, that was a weird choice. Yeah, I don't know. That was yeah. on us. I remember what I was going to say, actually. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, like the whole thing about Ian's point about like bylines and stuff, obviously like it's good to follow a reviewer and know their perspective. Um, I think that's where some... Types some reviewers out there who do use a more first-person voice, you can get a little bit more about that, like in the review itself, without having to do a little bit more research about who is this person, what do they do. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, matching that up to understand, like, oh, this is a person who plays a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, aka is a veteran who's like they're judging it against playing it a lot. Like it has a lot to like. Surpassed to be labeled good. I think versus that, would, that would be apparent in your writing, though. They don't need yeah. to Google Michael yeah. Damiani, though. No, I no, I get that. So like, I understand like there's not there's only so much wiggle room you can do in terms of like through footage and through your opinion you could show that like you're showing choice points. So you're making an argument and you're trying to support that score with arguments mm-hmm. or just support like your final thesis, like your final statement at the end to back up your thesis, which is that oh the final paragraph says like this is what it ultimately does. And everything I've said has led up to this conclusion here. So like that is a that's still like a craft that type of review, but I also see I'm starting to see more and more of the the angle that I see newer or not newer, just people and consumers in general, like a lot of people who follow like watch Twitch streams, they almost would rather I see people who would rather just watch playthroughs of mm-hmm. people because they get to see all the different gameplay elements without being selected. Like oh, we that's me a lot. we yeah. select we select what we want to show. Whereas to a consumer, they might want to see oh you showed me like the like a significant part of the game unedited. Yeah. And despite your reactions and stuff, you obviously you didn't like it. Like you're having a miserable time, but what I was seeing, I love that. Like it, it, I don't think you can see that as much within one of our produced reviews. You, you sometimes you can, but it's not a guarantee that like what we show and what we, like is going to be enough to inform you, oh, despite them saying this is great, that looks terrible and stuff like or it's probably more the opposite. Despite them saying it was a bad game, that looked excellent. It's like, well, they showed really bad parts of the game to support their thing. Whereas I've watched a Twitch stream or a YouTube like Let's Play or whatever, I saw this huge segment of the game and that was like amazing. That was like everything I wanted it to be. 
I don't know. Like it's it's interesting to see how people process and consume what they consider to be like review or you know editorialized segments of, or productions of games to make their decisions about whether they feel a game is good or not. Yeah, it's it's interesting how it's evolved and changed. It's definitely yeah. I <laughs> one year from now or, or like at the end of next gen, you know what I mean? I, I think you know live reviewers will be a thing. Let's play a game. Let's play a fun game. This is from G, the finger. From the people who brought you Taylor Swift's song or Halo ship. Oh, gosh, Comes no. the next round of either or. The game where you must differentiate video game trivia from seemingly irrelevant topics. Below are 12 phrases. And for each one, I want you to tell me if it's a term utilized by, fighting game com- by the fighting game oh, community. No. Or the name of a horse who won the Kentucky Derby. Okay. <laughs> Adoration and admiration. Here we go. Bubbling over. Horse. Uh, horse. That's a horse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, d- one in 1926. Wow. Happy birthday. That's fighting a fighting game. game. Yeah. That's Marvel. What is that? When That's you when hit you, multiple characters at a time, Yeah, right? you hit multiple yeah. characters and kill them, yeah. Oh, in a, any like, tag birthday. team game, yeah. basically. You, you catch two... and assist, yeah. yeah. Uh, cross-handed. Oh, that's oh. fighting game community. It right. is. What is that? That's like Seth Killian. It's when yeah. he plays like this. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Cool. Uh, basically using his right hand for the mm-hmm. stick and the left, left hand when for the Interesting. When the stick's buttons. still like yeah. Yeah, or mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I don't think he's left-handed. I think it's just easier for him to control the stick sure, yeah. with his right mm-hmm. hand. Um, time killer. Horse? Horse. I feel like... The, I mean, I'm not sure. I would go if that you see like some a character that's meant to like run out the time, but no. It's that. Yeah, intentionally running down the clock with uh, a life wire. Oh, advantage. I didn't know. Okay, I thought that was a keep away yeah. character was with the name, but hmm. yeah. Spend a buck. Horse. Horse. That's a horse. <laughs> Spend that's a like, buck. That's like the biggest that's horse Dolan's name horse. I've heard, heard one. <laughs> uh, 1985 is when Spend a Buck won. Spend <laughs> a buck. Middle ground. Both. <laughs> Fighting game. Fighting game. It's close. That's a Derby winner, 1950. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say like I don't like footsies, but I was like yeah, footsies. Middle like ground. Mid-game. There's like mid game. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say okay. like that's not yeah, middle yeah. court. Okay. I was like, no one uses the term court. So middle ground. That was a, that ground, was honestly sorry. that was a nasty one. Very very yeah. tricky. Yeah, I, that threw me. Chant. C H A N T. Horse. That's a horse. <laughs> a 19 or 1894 chant one. 1894. 1894. Good stuff. Wow. Shenanigans. Uh, wait. Horse. Both. I mean, they could have said shenanigans uh, in a yeah, fighting like game. I feel like, like that's, that's just, just like a, a term for anything. Yeah. Shenanigans the horse never won. Uh, that's a fighting game community thing. A sudden loss from a player on the verge of winning. <laughs> so it looks like they threw That just sounds like a comeback you or something. It, well, it's it's when they lose. It is a come, it's a, the other side of a comeback, basically. And you say shenanigans. And like they need maybe to demand your salty it, run maybe, back. Yeah. Huh. Winning colors. Ooh, that's a horse. 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 That's a horse. 1988. Hmm. Alcatraz. Oh, horse. God, yeah. it's a fighting game thing. What? Yeah, what is Alcatraz? that? Alcatraz. A heard scenario that one. where a fighter is stuck blocking in a corner. They call that Alcatraz. Wow. Oh, I never okay. heard that. Yeah, it's kind of can't nice break idea. out. Yeah. Wow. Can't get out. Whirl away. Wait, what? Whirl away. W H I R L A W. I want to know if a lot of these fighting game things are really common or just some commoner said at one time. I think Alcatraz is not common, to be honest with you. Mm. But hey, or it might be it's like your boy stuck in Alcatraz right now. Yep. <laughs> Yipe said it once. Uh, whirl away. What are we doing with that one? I don't know. That horse. One. Horse. 
That's a horse. horse. Yeah. 1941. Whirl away. Takes the lead. Finally, last one. Blessed legs. That's a horse. Come horse. On. I hope it's both. Is, is that like a Chun Li reference? Yeah. Fighting game. Getting hit low when guarding high is called oh. Blessed Legs. <laughs> okay. Oh, so good. I feel like these yeah. are just like one-off comments a lot of times. Oh yeah. Well, hey, they, it, it was not a horse who won the Kentucky Derby, certainly. Yeah, that we know of. That we know of. Um, Next year. Yeah. Somebody will name it now. Uh, you know what? I can, we can we can squeeze one more in. Okay. Can we squeeze? Uh, squeeze it. Okay. Um. <laughs> 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 um. Okay. 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 Uh, this one we should have like covered anyway, so this is kind of interesting. Uh, from David Jones. Love and respect. Is this a big deal? Konami recently announced the game lineup for its Turbo Graphics mm. 16 Mini, and Snatcher, a game most famous for being designed by Hideo Kojima, is included. Do you think of wait, do you think some of the bad blood is starting to go away or are they begrudgingly put it, putting it on there to increase sales? Very funny question, David Johnson. I don't know if they're begrudgingly putting it on. That's a weird way of framing it. Yeah. No, they I just mean, have the rights. And yeah, it's their it game. The they're going to put it on yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think there's do you think Konami has bad blood with Hideo Kojima? Not enough to not sell a version of a game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so they did remove his name from the box. To me, that was bad blood. That's that bad was blood. Disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. That was pure disrespect at that point. Yeah. Um, will his name be featured, like... In I, the credits of the game or something? Like, even in the promotional materials for this. People would want to know, hey, Snatcher is Hideo Kojima's game. I don't nah, think they will. They probably won't do that. Yeah. This comes out next year, right? Yeah, I think it's pretty far off. Uh, yeah, I think it's like spring of 2020. How will we feel about the TurboGrafx-16 Mini a year from now? Um, uh, it's really cool it's getting included. Um, this the, game looks crazy. The Japanese lineup oh, of games is better yeah. than the English mm-hmm. for sure. So yeah. There's so many skeletons and like freaky like gore in this. Really? Yeah. I thought it was just like a Blade Runner thing. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of skeletons, though. Like um, people with like half-melted faces and like blown-out stomachs and stuff. Mm, cool. Neat. Yeah, I um, I think they think they won, maybe. I think Konami thinks they won. I wouldn't call it bad blood. I think they just know, frankly, this will sell twice as many units if they include that game in it, you know? Maybe not twice. That's exaggerated. Um, but uh, begrudgingly, I don't know. I don't know if they're still mad. I wonder. And I want to know what the panel thinks. No. don't think they're still mad. Okay. No. You don't think they're mad that Death Strand is coming out this year? I think there's more. I think the they're story. laughing their way like to yeah. making money with their other stuff. I don't think they care that much about gaming outside their like PS and whatever anymore. But this product exists. That's the weird thing. Konami like they don't care about games, and then they announce that weird Contra game. You know what I mean? Right. Like collections. Yeah, yeah, but it's like and the collections three, exactly. Three. That's a really good example yeah, too. Yeah, but like, that's banking on their legacy. Most most stuff we're seeing is them banking on their legacy. But yeah, they could have done this is that high budget. I, I don't. I don't see. Yeah, point, I don't see any. You know? Yeah, what Blood said. They're not doing any like really ambitious projects that are like a brand new AAA budget. Like I don't think we're gonna they see did. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did. Yeah. Metal Gear. They. Metal survives probably their last. Metal Gear Survive even used it was using the engine. You yeah, know, it was they, reusing like yeah. everything yeah. they've done since they said we're done with video games has been low effort. Yeah. Low effort. 
that's what's so weird to me about this product. I mean, maybe they're chasing NES Classic. Obviously, they're chasing NES yeah. Classic. Yeah, everyone uh, is. But it seems like a high-effort product to me. Yeah, I, I definitely I feel like there's more effort putting into this than it on the PlayStation Classic. Yes. I yes. Mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They probably saw what happened yeah, and with that like, oh. and also the previous Sega ones that before the one that's coming out that mm-hmm. if you don't go all in on this, the, the target audience for this is just not going to buy it. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, the marketing thing for this has been off the wall. Like, what would you say that some they had extra room in the budget? Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they don't have to budget that Metal Gear yes. advertising. So. so they just burn it all in the TurboGrafx-16. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, like, a really nice graphics package, like, really nice title art for each of those games. Well, and you saw, too, that um, each region is getting their own unit. Like, yes. it's designed it's around... It's on shell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. Which one would you want? Oh, I would get the the U.S. one. I mean, that's one I'm familiar with. Okay. Wait, from you had one of these? I didn't, but I had a friend that did. Oh, nice. Yeah. To me, like first experience was like seeing it at a game store, like a used game store. Mm-hmm. Like no. Same. I had no awareness of it when it was out. You know what I mean? Right. I read about Hideo Kojima when they were doing like interviews about Metal Gear Solid. And I'm like, oh, oh well, yeah, I don't know anything about like that. Yeah. I don't know that much about Snatcher. I'm just talking about yeah, like, I don't know about any of that stuff yeah. really. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I, I'm looking forward to that product. I remember like Bonk was one of those things, kind of like Sonic, where you just like looked at like, oh, yeah. that game looks awesome. Bonk. Can't wait to play it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's a weird looking Bonk like thing. It is, and the controller looks weird too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really well, the super- system itself originally was weird because it had a little tiny cards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of ugly. Kind of ugly. And then they had the CD add-on. Wait, so what's it called in, in Europe? It's PC Engine in Japan, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. TurboGrafx-16 in the U.S. What's the European version called? It might still be PC Engine, but I don't know. Okay. In the meantime, I'll it's time for head. bets. Uh, oh. Next week's bet is about Mar- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, which will release Friday, July 19th. Oh, no. Uh, with subtitles on. How long will we have to wait to see an exclamation point from the beginning of the first cutscene? Okay. Daniel Bloodworth. 14 seconds. Michael Damiani. 6D seconds. 6D? 6D. 6-0. Okay. 25 seconds. Whoa, dudes. Whoa. Wow. Four seconds. Whoa. Wow. Are, you, are you banking on the Tony? Tony! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian? Zero. Zero seconds. Whoa. Oh, I like that bet. That's <laughs> I mean, all it is? Exclamation mark? Uh, Blood, you can start You can start betting for the pigs uh, when we, like, start losing. When you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, okay. when we're desperate. Because um, I won this one, obviously. So, like, we're, we're still going to be up. <laughs> wow. Um, what is happening with this bet, though? Yeah, we're just parlaying it. Uh, so, Mar- last week's bet was about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 as well, because I thought that released earlier. Oh, you today. goofed. You I goofed. thought it released today, yes. I had the date right, but That's not the day point. of the week. Um, we bet on how many women will be on the back of the box. We have not seen the back of the box yet. So uh, we will just award two points next week. Uh-huh. Uh, so current score, just for everybody keeping track, Scrappy Little Pigs tw- 16. <laughs> Gorgeous Gorillas 12. <laughs> <laughs> and now's the part of the podcast 
where we get we have the opportunity to tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies uh, which is the URL you would want to go to if you want to support the Easy Allies, if you just want to see more of what we do, uh, because it's not just this podcast. Uh, it is other podcasts and live streams and reviews. As you heard, you, there's a lot of care Exclusive put into shows. reviews. Exclusive shows. Uh, if you if you uh, give $5 or more a month, you get early access to shows, including this one. You'll see it and hear it on Wednesdays as opposed to Fridays. Are yes. we good? Um, well, I did. I did want to just kind of put it out there a little bit. Like, uh, we're starting to have internal conversations and stuff about like what's next for the Patreon because we're in sort of we're kind of a just transitional period, I think. Because okay. I think like the past three years until we got into this space has really just been about like oh the comeback, like the comeback story. And yes. and I think there's a lot of people that were like really pushing for that. And I think what we've seen um, is now that like it's happened. There's just sort of this sense where like people don't like have to like oh we don't have to push so much and like they're they're relaxing they're coming down from higher tiers and so we're so there's almost kind of this hard to comprehend thing of we're getting more people and we're getting less dollars but it's because people are coming in uh, and, and like lowering pledges because oh we've we've done it we've made it everyone's back together yeah um, mission accomplished we're good but we're gonna pack up and go home <laughs> but that's the thing like we're still here we're still going and um, and everybody watching this podcast, you know, owes it to those people that like really, you know, put put in the effort and, and, and went above and beyond in many cases, you know, people giving $25 a month for three years or $60 a month or whatever. Uh, and so I would just, you know, encourage you to, to, to think about that. Like people are definitely doing it so that if you can't afford it, you can watch it. Um, but if it's something that's valuable to you and if any of the stuff that we make is valuable to you and then consider coming in at that dollar or five dollar level um, and uh, making it something that can continue to be sustainable over a long term yeah but as you as you open with blood I do think on our end it's kind of like okay we're here now what you know what I mean we like we did achieve a goal and it's like we need to determine what our next goal is and everything like that and so yeah uh, we got a little bit of work to do on our end I think of like what do, what do we changing what are we making this into what are we like we have a studio right now i can pound on this desk that's hard right Do you know how weird that is <laughs> like this is a desk we paid for <laughs> it's weird uh okay so we need to do a draft uh for rights and responsibilities actually you know what just shout out if you want it who wants twitter handle sure okay blood's got twitter handle who wants final word me. Brad's got final word. Uh, who uh, who wants to promote an Easy Eyes video? You. No, I don't get to one. I don't get one. Ian. Ian wants to promote, and then Damiani gets to sign off with his trademark sign off. Okay, Bloodworth, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, at dbloodworth2. Uh, Ian, what do you want to promote? I don't know. We got a thing coming up. Oh, yeah, we got a thing coming up. A big event. Sounds like Blood wanted to promote a video. I didn't think about it until after I... Pulled the other thing. Oh, jeez. It's <laughs> falling apart. Ian, what's, what's about to happen later this month? Easy living. Easy living is a 50-hour live stream <laughs> where the easy allies, except for the one who just had a baby, will all live in a house together, a beach house, in fact. We're not allowed to leave. We just lock ourselves in, and we just play video games for 50 dang hours. Oh, my God. Uh, we do get sleep, Big you know. Ask. We actually we'll, we'll do, do leave. Shit. Big asterisk mark by <laughs> yeah. do not leave. Yeah. We go out for food and stuff. 
Uh, yeah, you know, but like it's not, not leave like, the radius. Yes, right, it's, right, right. it's far away from home. It's not just like oh, I'm just home. I'm just you look far <laughs> from home. Uh, we will announce the games lineup. I think we're gonna announce that next week. Yeah, next Tuesday we'll yeah. make that announcement. It's pretty exciting. I'm very very excited about some of the games that are on this list. And so, uh, Ian, great promotion. Uh, look we forward got shirts. To oh yeah, hey, we did. Want- They're on the shop. <laughs> There's some ridiculous tie dye ones. Yeah. I got a tie dye one. I ordered one. Too. one. It yeah. looks nice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get it already? Uh, no, it hasn't arrived yet. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's not too late to get one before uh, Easy Living begins. So uh, cool. Good job, <laughs> Brad. What's your final word? Uh, every prediction we or I made at least will come true <laughs> next year. It's, Zero errors. It's final word. Uh, and Damiani, uh, your trademark sign off, please. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. What I'm not a humongous fan of is Final Fantasy VII. What I am a huge fan of is marketing campaigns. Sexy.